Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Spliff. I'm Bo Nellis, and I'm already late, so let's get started. I uh, just want to say thank you all so much for the birthday wishes for those who sent them. I had a great birthday, and I uh, can't wait for next year. I also wanted to say that since I'm doing this late, I actually get to include some really exciting news that I just read about, where Americans for Safe Access are part of some collaboration to own a cannabis research center in Czechoslovakia. I'm super excited for this. I can't think of a better organization to back a research center. And I didn't know anything really about Czechoslovakia. I kind of forgot that it was even a medical marijuana country, um, but it is, and it's going to be great things for them. They're going to get their first harvest expected in February, and it's going to drop the price of their cannabis from $12.50 a gram to $2.50 a gram, which is fantastic. Like, bring that here, please. That'd be great. Uh, so if you want to know more about it, I will include the link to their video and any other news articles on my blog. If you want to check that out, it is the Spliff Podcast slash podcast. And you just go to this particular podcast, which is episode 11, and all of the links will be there. Feel free to check out any of my other blogs, too, if you haven't, and all the other podcasts that go with them. All right, let's go into some stoner moments here. This is where I catch up on some things that I forgot to mention in the last podcast. And I, I told you that we were going to count for the second day, but then I didn't tell you how many dabs I actually took, which was 26, you know, just at the cup. So we had 20 samples of all the contest entries. And then we had a few other dabs around the different tables, admittedly not as many as the first day. We didn't really stay as long, but uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, the dabs before and the dabs after and the bowls. And then we had a couple pen tokes and but technically 26 dabs. Take that old lady. Another thing that I need to correct is I totally fucked up the lineage for the cuvee. Uh, it was actually the Professor Chaos that was the Jack hair uh, strain mix, uh, which I was still really surprised about because, again, the flower didn't actually make my eyes dry. Uh, the cuvee is a space queen mix, which, I mean, again, I don't remember what the other thing was because he said space queen and I was like, yes, please. So, oops. <sighs> Fixed it, though. All right. Uh, a couple of things. It's not quite a stoner moment, but it definitely relates to this indica versus sativa thing that we've been talking about. Uh, and I, I actually should have looked this up sooner, but I didn't. I know that I mentioned terpenes a lot. And in one podcast, I said that some people call them turpins which is actually a type of terpene. So you don't want to call it a turpin, from my understanding. And then there are these things called terpenoids. And in looking upon it a little bit further, it seems that terpenoids are groups of terpenes that provide their own special set of nuances within the cannabis plant. So to me, this really suggests that there are these nuanced components that we may be missing in more refined products if they aren't also paying attention to terpenoid groups, just the biggest amount of terpenes. So yay, terpenoids. Uh, elephant neighbor is being so noisy right now. I actually had to pause it so that uh, I could let them do whatever they were doing. 
It's part of the reason why this is getting out so late. I really wanted to record yesterday, but I've been so tired because Elephant Neighbor is keeping me up all night with her humidifier against the wall. So I decided to bust out my back massager and be the asshole that just leans against the wall with it. I think she might have gotten my passive-aggressive message. But it's daytime right now. So fair is fair. Times like this, I usually reach for my bong or my dab rig, but I spilt my bong earlier and it reeks of bong water over here. And I was too lazy to fill it up and I had to let the bowl dry out and all this other stuff, so I'm just gonna smoke a pipe load. But it's times like this that I'm really, really grateful I have this pipe load. While I was up all night, I did think about possibly recording, but I couldn't string a consistent thought together, so I saved us both the trouble. Times like this are when it's really important to know the difference between strains and sativa and indica, because I really need the mood elevation of a nice sativa that isn't going to get me too ramped up because I am sleep deprived, so it's not much to tip me over that anxiety point, especially with all the coffee I've had to drink lately. Uh, which I'm trying to give up, but uh, gotta get stuff done, man. You need coffee, right? Am I right? I'm totally right. Okay, you know, you know. But if I'm gonna smoke bowls to try and enhance my mental state, I don't want to then be trying to take a nap. I'm trying to do this so that I can get stuff done, so that I'm not stuck in a place where nothing gets done. Uh, and and knowing that I what kind of sativa I want, that I want a sativa, and then what kind of sativa that I want is really important. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to talk to a bud tender about finding the strain for what you want, your particular needs. And while we do so, I am going to pack myself a bowl of some golden pineapple, which I still have a little bit of, and some of this CBD stuff again, the sweet and sour widow. And hope that helps me. And that should be just the right mix for what I need to do. Now I wanna start off by saying not all bud tenders are equal. One, you may not even be able to talk to an actual bud tender if it's, if it's only from an overnight service that you're able to get your product from, then you might just be reading a menu. So in this case, uh, you may have to pick out what you can from the menu descriptions. You can also send them letters a lot of times, emails, and, and try and get replies that way. I know there's one in California called Goddess Delivers, and they're pretty good with their customer service. But then even when you go into a storefront, you aren't guaranteed somebody who's actually going to be educated about medical cannabis. They may know a super dank nug from a not super dank nug, uh, but they might not even know that. There's there's a syndrome in Southern California. I don't know about Northern California, but in Southern California, there's a syndrome and it's called big tittied brunette bud tenders. Only big tittied brunettes are hired at places just to bring guys in to buy weed. And that's not to say that just because you're a big tittied brunette bud tender doesn't mean you aren't educated and articulate and caring about the industry. I say that as a big tittied brunette bud tender. It just really pisses me off. So just because you're going to a medical marijuana dispensary doesn't necessarily mean you're getting any medical marijuana help. 
unfortunately. Checking out weed maps for their menus and seeing if they actually have CBD products that are tested and, and or labeled is my best tip for finding quality places with cute girls or without cute girls. Doesn't matter to me. I'm there for the weed. If you're looking for just some some fun weed, because most people that might be listening to this, they don't have to be as particular with what they're picking up because anxiety won't be as huge of an issue for them. They don't totally freak out when they're experimenting with, with weed. You know, weed is weed is weed and they just like to get high and some of it might be more giggly and some of it might make them more sleepy, but they really just need a change of perspective. And, and that's what it's about. But for the people who really need to dial it in, uh, this is going to be a little bit more helpful for you. All right. So the way to talk to your bed tender, the number one thing to get what you want is to know what you want. If you're fighting something, then know what you're fighting. Know how you want to attack it. And the more specific about your needs you can be, the better. Do you want to be happy with creative focus or do you want to be happy and relaxed or happy and dancing? Because all of those are options in sativas or hybrids. Are you looking for pain relief? Are you looking for an all-day daytime thing that you can use while you're working? Or are you looking just mostly for at night to help you sleep? I read a great review about a strain. I think it was an Afghani strain where they said that it provided pain relief, but wasn't too obtrusive on the brain. I like that a lot. So to me, that would be a daytime indica. That's really important to know the difference between as opposed to someone who is just going to be smoking at night because they're tired and they maybe their muscles are sore and it just really helps them doze off a little bit better. So whether you're there for a particular condition or if you're just a regular user who wants to narrow their experience to something a little bit more enjoyable for you personally, the better you can articulate your needs, the quicker and more perfect a product you will find. So if you haven't realized by now, there is no easy answer about whether or not you might want an indica or a sativa. But there are some staples that I can tell you about, and they might apply to you. They apply to most people, so they're kind of stereotypes, I should say. That is, sativa is for depression, headaches, especially migraines, nausea, uh, creative endeavors, and potentially chores and social gatherings. Though, depending on your propensity to anxiety with sativas, a hybrid or a sativa-dominant CBD option might be better for you. If you're looking for sleep, uh, pain relief, or anxiety relief, indicas are often better for you. Now, both of these options can lead to a person being too stoned or too high, uh, you know, unable to talk properly, hands that are abnormally large looking, uh, other various signs of intoxication, you know, on a psychoactive substance. And some of that comes from you know, your body playing with you, your eyes dry out. So you see things in the corner of your eye and your circuits are getting a little crossed up. Things, things fire differently. That's part of the creative process. That's part of the point is that it pushes your brain to work in ways it normally doesn't. And it can very much seem like your mind is playing tricks on you. 
There's no easy answer for making sure that you don't get too stoned if THC is the only option you're looking at. If you really want to make sure, of course, look at a CBD option. Now, I know we talked about CBD last time, but I just want to go over a couple of things again to remember that uh, CBD does carry the sativa and indica traits and that when you begin adding THC to your CBD mix, the more THC you add with it, the more likely you are to experience the indica dominance or the sativa dominance of that particular strain. Sativa dominant and indica dominant are terms that you're likely to hear in regards to hybrids, though they may be categorized in those particular uh, areas as well, being indica. It could be placed in an indica category. Uh, and then well-balanced is another term that you're likely to hear about hybrids. Blue Dream is always described as well-balanced. There's a headiness to it and a bodiness to it. That makes it a great daytime option for a really wide range of people. So if you need a little bit of both, those are some terms that you might want to throw around as well. If you would like a really well-balanced hybrid, one, know what well-balanced means for you. Because for the bud tender, that just means it's going to hit you in the head and it's going to hit you in the body. So how do you want it to hit you in the head and how do you want it to hit you in the body? Sativa dominant is a term used for something that tends to be more energetic and definitely something more cerebrally stimulating, whereas indica dominant tends to be more corporal and often sleepier with uh, a focus in the head, but mostly just towards a giddiness or a relaxing of anxiety. I've been trying to think of a good indica dominant hybrid to talk about. Uh, GDP Granddaddy Purple is one that is really, really popular. I know a lot of people like, but I don't always care for it. Uh, a skunk, however, is a hybrid that I really, really like. So I thought I'd talk a little bit more about that. And skunks are great. Skunk mixes or skunk number one is often really great for people who want a happy change of perspective with a really relaxed feeling. So if you have muscle issues or joint issues, you want something that really addresses that, um, but maybe you don't want to turn your mind completely off. You're not ready for your eyes to drop down and to, to go to bed yet. Skunks are great for social activities like that, a campfire type setting. Another important thing to remember is that when you relieve somebody's pain, like you would with an indica, a lot of times you'll find that people are in better moods. It's crazy how that happens when like you're not in pain, all of a sudden you're in a better mood. Kind of the way it works the opposite. When you are in pain, suddenly you're a fucking asshole to everybody, especially if you haven't gotten any sleep. To me, skunks are great options too for people who might normally suffer from anxiety when they smoke a sativa, um, but really don't want an indica option. They don't want to feel low. They don't want to feel down. They want to feel that giddiness. And a really well-balanced skunk is a perfect option for a social gathering or just trying it out at home for the first time. It might be a little too unfocused for people to use medicinally if they have to go to work during the daytime, but it's always a fun nighttime option, especially right before dinner. 
Now you can find the perfect strain. And if you're looking to grow, I definitely suggest you play with a dispensary first and go get yourself a couple of strains. Uh, they might be able to do half grams at some places or get a couple of gram options and make sure that what you want is actually working for you. It's a lot better than getting the seeds spending all the time and money to get a grow together and then finding that the thing that you have only kind of half addresses what you really need or doesn't address it as well as another strain might be able to that you've never tried before. Another really important aspect to the indica and sativa ratio, uh, like I said with CBD, when you start adding THC in, you really feel those effects more. It, THC seems to magnify the way our body responds to these terpenes. So potency and the cannabinoid ratio is a really important component to getting the right strain. You may find that the perfect strain in a 15% potency is way better for you than a, a kind of good strain in a higher potency because it really addresses what you need better without over-medicating you, or vice versa, or under-medicating you. So being able to play with tested material uh, that, that goes for cannabinoids and the terpenes, if you can, especially, and, and knowing the tested material results really lets you dial it in uh, a lot more quickly than if you're just walking in and talking to the bud tender and they're letting you know about the batches and you take them home and you try them, you can guess what the potency is, but a really great balanced, stinky, smelly, terpene rich strain at a lower THC potency can actually be significantly more intoxicating than a higher potency THC with fewer terpenes. Oh man. You guys might be listening to minute like, I don't know, 18 by the time I get through editing this or something maybe, but I have been recording for a straight hour. I just had to take a big old break because I think my neighbor's toddler just fell. I don't mean to be a dick. It just, it's, it was a really funny sounding fall. <laughs> oh, poor thing. I hope it gets quieter now though. But it did give me a chance to take a break, and so I had a dab. And I have to say, one of my favorites from the Secret Cup has been this grapefruit Romulan, which is just, normally I don't go for Romulan strains because they are indicas, but I like citrusy uh, sativas, which is what grapefruit is, and the balance together is kind of perfect for something like this. Just my whole daytime routine when I'm sitting at the computer, I do a lot of work at the computer, whether it's writing or editing with my voiceover stuff. And even when I'm doing my voiceover stuff, you know, it's a lot of standing in front of the microphone. I'm really, really glad I picked it up. Sometimes it really helps to, to experiment outside of your comfort zone when you're looking for great medicine. So don't be afraid to do that and always have CBD on hand in case it gets out of hand. Okay, so I'm going to address some, I'm going to address some graver things here. I'm going to talk about cancer and how indica and sativa might work for cancer. Technically, we don't really know. When it comes to cancer fighting, concentrates are the best thing. It really seems that it's the cannabinoids doing most of the work, or at least signaling our body to do the work that's actually fighting the cancer, since our body can do it itself. Uh, and in that case, the concentrates don't really always have really high levels of terpenes in them. A lot of them are ethyl alcohol extractions 
or CO2 extractions, which are then refined with terpenes in things like vaporization products. But they aren't terpene rich in and of themselves. They are cannabinoid rich. So if you're looking for cancer fighting, indica and sativa don't really seem to make much of a a difference as far as we know for right now. Most people do tend to opt for indicas though because they help a lot of the other body issues that might come with uh, chemo and things like that. But if you're looking for nausea relief and headache relief, you really want to be looking towards a sativa or a sativa dominant indica, or if you're sativa sensitive, an indica dominant hybrid. So it's got a little bit of sativa in there. Something like that GDP is perfect for. And so that would be more a quality of life issue. Uh, Tinctures are great. Vaporization is great. Uh, Indicas are great for the overall body relief and pain relief. But when it comes to nausea relief, you're looking at a sativa. And that's really all I've got at this point, but I hope it helps you. Now, another difference I want to talk about between indicas and sativas are in the smoke. I've addressed it a little bit before. But sativas are much more expansive. And what that means is you take a hit and your lungs feel like they have blown up. Like all of a sudden the hit has to come out and that's when most people end up coughing. It's very much an asthmatic inhaler type of response. It's supposed to open up your lungs. That's why cannabis can be so good for people with asthma. However, that doesn't always make it the smoothest smoke. If you're looking for a smoother smoke, indicas are really where it's at. Those are the ones where you can get a really big lung full and it's really smooth coming out. And you're not, you're going to get like a, (laughs) and you're done. You know what I mean? Like nothing in your cough. That being said, the taste vary wildly. You can get citrus notes in both. You can get pine notes in both, blueberry notes in both. So if you want a particular flavor, you can find the right strain. It's just how far you can throw your net out at this point. So interstate and interstate commerce clauses are real pain in the ass. Uh, Being able to really see what's out there and experiment in the different geographical areas. Remember with the land race strains that cannabis really adapts to its particular geography and its growing condition. So there are so many variations out there that people should be able to have access to. And strain availability is crucial in finding the right strain. You know, even if you want to grow, again, remember, you don't want to have to throw all that money without being able to experiment a little bit first. So having access to a strain you might be interested in is a huge benefit. And chances are they aren't going to come out with the pharmaceutical version anytime soon. They've been working on one version of Blue Dream for years, which they call Sativex. Which can lead us nicely into the last area about indica and sativa I want to talk about, which are edibles. And I am throwing tinctures under edibles at this point because Sativex is a tincture and there's no need to separate them. You already know the difference, but uh, it can count as an edible still. Edibles are great in indica and sativa options for all kinds of different things, but they will affect you differently than just smoking the strain alone. 
And there are a lot of reasons for that. In the decarboxylation process, you may burn off certain terpenes or activate other terpenes. Uh, you may burn off a lot of the terpenes. And if that happens, you may have maintained the cannabinoid integrity. So you may have a cannabinoid-rich product, but you won't have a terpene-rich product. And if you don't have a terpene-rich product, you're not going to get the strain effects so much. It'll be much more Marinol-like. Again, that's the first prescription for cannabis, the synthetic uh, THC. And, and they found that that was really more just like a sedative, heavy muscle relaxer. It didn't really help with nausea. But if you want to sleep or if you're looking, again, to fight cancer and you're using a concentrate, those are the kind of responses that you're more likely to get. But if there are terpenes that are maintained, their integrity is maintained during the decarboxylation process, they will absolutely translate into your experience when you eat it, whether that be sublingually or whether that be through the digestive system. So you can use them for sleep. You can use it for pain relief. You can use CBD as an edible, as a neuroprotectant. And again, the it's still going to have a little bit of play with the indica and sativaness, depending on how much THC is with it. When I have used CBD products themselves without or with very, very little THC in it, that indica and sativaness really doesn't seem to come across at all to me. It's much more like the the marinol ness of THC where you just get certain effects. I really just feel a feeling of peacefulness and and rest about me in my body and my mind when I take a pure CBD edible. Uh, but you know, sativas also work. I take edibles for depression and and that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna share my personal um, medication to convey a little bit of what the differences are. I have two types of edibles that I use in my regular depression fighting routine. I have what I call happy pills and I have what I call sleepy pills. Now, my happy pills are made with sativa and sativa-dominant strains. And then I also make a third option, which are my CBD pills. I'm not going to focus on those because, I've, as I've said, unless they have THC in them, they don't really seem to play indica and sativa favorites. And that's what I'm looking for in happy and sleepy pills. My happy pills are made with sativa or sativa-dominant strains, and the first time I ever made them, I made it with this strain that was called Joker. Now, anytime I've actually done a search for a strain called Joker, it usually pops up as an indica strain or not at all. It, it doesn't seem to be a very popular strain, and in all honesty, it was probably like some Mexican weed that was grown in the forest, and I'll never see it again, and it's kind of a bittersweet thing for me. But it was an amazing racy sativa in its smoke. And it was over-focused. I got really, really anxious the first time I ever smoked it. My face just flushed really, really red. It was really, really hard for me to control my blood pressure. It was slightly uncomfortable. And it was really tasty. It had notes of berry and champagne in it. With just a slight undernote of cheese. A fantastic sativa mix. Now, I had a large quantity of it and only that strain, and so I used it to experiment the first time I started making coconut oil, and it produced the best sativa pills I have ever 
created. They're so good, in fact, that I only have two pills left, and I guard them and I save them for that day when my depression might get really, really bad, when I really, really need them. And I use other pills on my day-to-day basis. But when I first had them, I was taking them on a regular daily basis, and they were great. Within 15 minutes of an anger fit or a depression fit, and depression ranging from just plagued by self-doubt all the way to plagued by suicidal thoughts, uh, because my depression can run that gamut depending on my anxiety levels at the time. And on any of those levels, it would really genuinely lift my spirits within 15 minutes. And it would take me out of that anxiety, future doubtfulness into a problem-solving future openness. It's basically giving me my life back in those moments. It really is that important to me. And that's why uh, when I realized that I wasn't getting that strain back again, I started bogarting the pills and, and now I only have two left. And it's been about two years, I'd say almost to the day, honestly. I might have missed it by a couple days, but I made them two years ago and I have two pills left and they will keep me forever. Now, while no other sativa or sativa dominant strain works quite as well, they still are vitally important to actually affecting my body in a way that smoking cannabis doesn't for my depression. On the opposite side, when I suffer from insomnia, as a part of my depression or my anxiety, I make pills from an indica or an indica dominant strain. Now I do find a lot more success with indicas, pure indicas, than I do indica dominants. My body is very sensitive to the sativa in me, which I actually really like because I need that to medicate for my depression. And not only do I have to have a difference between the sativa and the indica for my happy and my sleepy pills, but I also need a potency differential. My happy pills are daytime options, and they need to be much less potent than my nighttime sleepy ones, which need to last me, I hope, at least six hours on a regular basis. If my happy pills were as potent as my sleepy pills, I would be high as a kite all day long, and that's really not what I'm going for. So when you look into edibles, uh, know again, if you are looking for depression and you don't want to smoke, edibles are absolutely an option for you, but you may not want them to be as potent as you would an indica option or vice versa. If you're looking for pain relief, um, but want to do some chores, you may need something that really addresses that inflammation and that muscle and, and to relax your entire body and your nervous system but you want a little encouragement to actually get your work done. Knowing how to play them off of each other in your edible is going to be really important. And getting an edible that says whether or not it is an indica or a sativa or a hybrid is also really important. And I know that in edibles, they are starting to actually put the strains that they use on them, partly because they are using concentrates, so it makes it a little bit easier. They can dial it in and... They aren't mixing a bunch of flour together necessarily. 
uh, like they were in the old days where your edibles are being made with kind of your leftover weed. You know what I mean? Now people are really taking the medicine and the purity of it seriously. And that's nice to see. It gives us a lot better options. All right, you guys, that's going to wrap it up for me this time. Uh, I really want to get this out, so I'm going to skip the safety this time. I smoked so much weed earlier while I was on my pause break, <laughs> but I will have one next time. We're going to talk about dime bags. Till then, you can always give me a call, 209-86-SPLIFF. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram sometimes. Feel free to holla out at me, say hello, ask me a question. All right, hit me up. Feel free to leave me a review in iTunes if that's where you're listening on or any uh, podcast platform that you might be using, SoundCloud, something like that. Maybe tell the friend, do what you got to do. It's the holidays. People don't listen to podcasts as much during the holidays, apparently. But what better thing could you really give than the gift of weed? Weed knowledge. Knowledge is power. And on that happy note, we're going to let Kevin McCloud take us out with his track Slow Burn. And I'll see you guys next time. We're going to have a little history episode, the early history of cannabis. All right, you guys. Ciao for now. Mm -hmm.